We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to We Turned Out Okay. This is episode 299 of the show that helps you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy family time. Welcome, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome, welcome. If you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm Karen Locke Culp. I am a child development expert, and I now have a combined almost squeakingly close to 15 years experience working with parents and kids. And I've got a master's degree in early childhood education and um, a lot of other qualifications that I hope makes you want to listen to the show, but also uh, understand that like, just because I'm an expert in child development doesn't mean that I do everything right or that I sort of like know it all. (laughs) Um, In fact, this show has been a great way for me to kind of explore what makes sense to me and what uh, feels right in terms of like where child rearing is in our, you know, what's the state of, of, of parenting and, and, um, childhood today. And I think a huge part of that is like our worries. So if you noticed at the top of the show, there were, there were three things that I say, you know, this is what the show does. And the middle one is to help you feel happy inside. And as much as this is a show about ADHD versus normal behavior, um, it is also a show about our worries and how they can, they can complicate things, I think is, I guess is how I'll say it. So I'm going to read from a forum post in the Ninja Parenting community. One of our Ninja parents uh, has been dealing with what she calls a spirited child. And I have, first of all, I just want to say this forum post now goes on for like four pages because we, the discussion back and forth about many different aspects of raising a spirited child is like amazing to me. Um, And it's been, it's been, it's been a blast. And I hope that this, if you're, if you're listening and you did this post, I hope you, you feel that way as well. Um, maybe not always because you're getting in there to write hard things, but I have really enjoyed the kind of back and forth that, that has come up in this particular forum post. Um, and I think this is exactly what the Ninja Parenting community is so good at, uh, helping you get your questions answered, you know, not quite immediately. Cause I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't have a 
a plug into my brain for her. <laughs> like I'm not notified in my sleep or something like that if if somebody posts in, but um, but really quickly. And um, so in this particular thread, our ninja parent has been, um, her son has been getting into trouble. She's got a three-year-old son. He's been getting into trouble in preschool, in, uh, in childcare. And it's been really, really, really frustrating. And we've worked through so much of that. And I'm so incredibly proud. I say in here, it, this goes beyond proud for me. Like, I can't, I'm so impressed with the stuff that she is working through and what she's standing up against, you know? And so I want to read this post and then get into um, the idea of ADHD versus normal behavior. And, uh, and so, okay, so here we go. She writes, I'm trying to keep away from the Google rabbit hole of, is this normal behavior or is this ADHD? It's so scary when he pretty much ticks every box for the characteristics, impulsivity, constant motion, interrupting, physical lashing out, not following directions, not being able to sit still for circle, bolting in public. Most kids show signs before age five, etc. And I find myself worrying about all of that still. I hear comments from friends and other parents and parenting groups and such about how as soon as they got a diagnosis, it turned things around and their kid is thriving now, usually due to medication. I know there are risks from those kind of treatments too. I don't really want to go that route unless we have to, and it doesn't sound like we have to yet, but the idea of a quick fix sounds so tempting. From what I have read, what we are doing now is basically what we should be, uh, basically doing what would be the behavioral treatment. So I guess giving them giving that time is more important. I'm trying so hard to trust the experts and to take it one day at a time. You and the pediatrician are saying, by you, she means me. <laughs> you and the pediatrician are saying the same things. We need to give him more time, but I'm still just so scared these challenges are going to last forever and school and daily life will always be a struggle. It's becoming more and more obvious how different he is to me and so hard to see the stuff other kids do that he just can't. I'm going to keep working on managing my own anxiety about this and just dealing with what's right in front of me. And just hugs to you. You know who you are. Just huge, huge hugs. Um, that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is, and you know what? I hope if you did, if you are listening to this and you're not the person who wrote this post, I mean those hugs for you as well. Because if you're worrying about your child not being able to do things that other kids can if you're worried about how it's always going to be a struggle and the daily life is going to be just so fraught, um, if you're worried about medication versus not medication, if you're worried about friends and people who are like, hey, get your kid tested because it's the best thing in the world and you're feeling reluctant about that, I mean, that those huge hugs are for you. Um, it can be really it is really scary. I mean, some of the, one of the things that they don't tell you about raising kids <laughs> is that a lot of it is really scary. And it was for me too, even though I have a degree, I've got a, I've got an expert. I mean, I've got a master's degree in early childhood education and it's still, I think maybe I, maybe I know where to get answers a little bit more uh, that are more reliable perhaps than listening to a friend and who doesn't, you know, who, who is not in this profession and um, doesn't have the years of experience that I have, I can see how, especially with the idea of a quick fix, I can see how, how tempting that would be. Um, and I think uh, what I wanted to do in this episode was, was talk about 
I mean, I asked the question right in the title, is it ADHD or is it normal behavior? And I think the first thing I want to say is um, that it's ADHD symptoms, quote unquote, are very often normal behavior for a young child. And um, I, I just like, I just want to start with that, the idea that um, <clears throat> like we all exist on a spectrum and <clears throat> pardon me, um, for a lot of us, it can seem really black and white, cut and dried, ADHD or normal behavior. In fact, I, I have been purposely referring to it as ADHD versus normal behavior, but I don't believe that that is true. Um, and I've worked with quite a few kids who, um, who I guess showed symptoms of ADHD, but they were often really hard to distinguish from the kids who <clears throat> didn't because everybody, everybody exists on this spectrum. And some kids just do more of the ADHD like behaviors than others. And, um, so I, I want the, I guess the first thing I want to do is just ask you to not, not be searching for a diagnosis at the moment. And I know how hard that is. Like I had, so how many years of school? Okay. So I had four years. Um, well, I guess we have to say three years learning how to be, uh, like getting my bachelor's degree, which is in human development and family relations. I actually spent my first year in college as a photography major in the school of fine arts, which was awesome, but that's not really where I found my home. My home was really with the teachers, especially of the early childhood education, um, and that was in the School of Family Studies. So it was all about the sort of interactions between uh, parents and kids. And, and it was all along the life spectrum. So like, you know, starting from before birth all the way through death and dying. And um, it was so it was three years really steeped in these these interactions, these bonds, the, the sort of what life is. I mean, if you really think of it that way. And then... Um, and then I had two and a half years as a uh, master's candidate at the University of Massachusetts. And um, it took me all of that time, all of it, <laughs> to not, to, to not, I guess, to know that like searching for a diagnosis wasn't going to be the best use of my time. When I had a, a young child who was not not having exhibiting these symptoms, but exhibiting other troubling symptoms, uh, things that had to do with like sensitivity to noises, to clothes, to, um, to crowds, to just overstimulation in, in a lot of different ways um, to, you know, he went off to school and he was told that we were told that he had a lack of focus, which was something we had never, ever seen. And um, I couldn't understand that. And, and I think another parent in my position would have immediately started Googling, like, what does this mean? And, and come up with some kind of diagnosis. And I can see why we would want that. But I had read, I had, I had been steeped in a different kind of, uh, teaching, a learning, I guess I would say as a, as a master's candidate, especially. And that had to do with sort of accepting kids as who they are. And um, I'm, I'm thinking of specifically, I'm going to write down uh, the name Vivian Paley, who wrote a million books, and I still have them on my my shelves. Well, I guess a million is she's, she's probably she's written at least five or six books on based on her time as a preschool teacher 
in a school that was affiliated with, I believe, the University of Chicago. And so she wrote these books based on like the studies that she was able to work on with the the children in her um in her preschool classroom. And one of them is called You Can't Say You Can't Play. And that was basically where she did a year-long study. It was a research study, but it was done with these children in her in her classroom and also the older children in the school where they decided they they talked about and then decided to implement a rule in preschool that said that then the rule was you can't say you can't play. And uh, when she would go and talk to the older grades about this, uh, she was hearing like, like when I say older, I'm talking like second, third grade. And she would ask the kids in those grades. So now they're seven, eight years old. And she would say, you know, do you think a rule like this would work for preschool? And the kids would say, oh, I think it'd work for preschool. It wouldn't work for us. Like we're too old for that now <laughs> at seven and eight years old. But you could do it in preschool. Like you could, you could, and if you start it there, maybe it will help as kids get older. Cause all of those older kids were, had already felt so much of the social hurt that comes from being told you can't play. And so this whole book, that whole book is all about like the year of you can't say you can't play and what happened in their classroom because of that, an outstanding book, incredibly positive and wonderful. And then, um, she's got, I mean, there's one called boys and girls, superheroes in the doll corner, which was just so fascinating and also reflected what I saw in my preschool classroom, which I thought was so interesting. And then the one I'm thinking about now that I really want to share with you is called uh, The Boy Who Would Be a Helicopter. And at the very beginning of this book, she says, okay, this kid's been diagnosed with something, but we're not talking about what it is. We're just not talking about it. It doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant to what we would do with him in a classroom. So here's what's happening with him and and how that affects his interactions with the other kids and how it affects his ability to learn. And, um, and, and she sort of goes on from there. And uh, I think that was probably the most persuasive piece of teaching that I, that I got about this. So when my son started to when we started to get these these frankly terrifying uh reports back from school about the lack of focus and about how he's getting in trouble and you know some of the other and 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 he in the meantime was was freaking out because he was just so uh over stimulated so like his clothes he wouldn't be able to tolerate clothes and stuff and and if you have to go spend all day in school and you're wearing something that scratches your you know your the back of your neck or something like that 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 uh was almost it was very difficult for him to overcome i guess i would say and um i could turn back to my training and i could say it doesn't matter what this is what matters is how how do we treat it and um so if you just for a quick case study here um, that kid is now 19. He is thriving. He is in college. He is taking classes that light him up. He is dating a wonderful girl. He has his driver's license and a job. In fact, he's got two jobs. Um, like when they are small, uh, I guess I really want to, I don't want to just be braggy about my kid, but what I really want to do is, is help you understand that, um, that kids simply are, they're born with a certain set of characteristics and it's, it's what's best for them is if we 
can look at that child like like this this mom actually says right here she says i'm going to focus on dealing with what's right in front of me she she says i'm going to focus on managing my own anxiety about this and just dealing with what's right in front of me and i mean i think that is such a great response because i see the long the sort of the the other end of that in terms of age is um you know a child who who is learning that they that, that their instincts are good and right and that, that what they are doing is f- with their bodies, as long as it's not hurting anyone. I mean, we all have to live within certain uh, parameters, you know. Um, so there's there's teaching respect and there's teaching um, that we can't always go first and there's teaching some of those rules. But but like the impulsivity and the sort of like aggressiveness um, isn't I, I don't want you to think of it as something that you have to like. Oh, um, medicate out of them. Uh, and in fact, you know, I, I want to get into more of that in the, in the second part of the show. Um, I just wanted to highlight in the first part, I really wanted to highlight like these, that these challenges that, that come up. And if if you're having this, I just, I just want to, you know, as I said before, I want to extend huge hugs to you. Um, but the idea of a quick fix that sounds so tempting, right? Uh, the idea of being so scared that these challenges are going to last forever, um, that school and daily life will always be a struggle. It's so hard to see the stuff other kids can do that he just can't. And I think um, I want to take you into the break with some hope <laughs> and um, to let you know that that I, I think I want to answer this question first and foremost. ADHD can be very normal behavior for a, a young child. And... Um, and so it's not either. If it's ADHD and you have a young child, it's it's both. It's it's their normal behavior and it's ADHD. And it's right along the spectrum of I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't I shouldn't say that's true for every single kid, right? Because um because somewhere in the world are are kids, there's some percentage of, of young children who have ADHD. Uh, that's either so severe that they just cannot function or, um, it, you know, or something like that. But I guess I want to give you some hope because it's a it's a lot. There are things we can do to help kids function, first of all. Um, and second of all, it's a lot it's a lot. It, it's over diagnosed as a as a medical diagnosis. And, um, you know, there are some. Well, we'll get into this after the break. There are there are some uh, there's some reports, you know, that I that I've been able to see that um, that have brought this even more to the forefront of my mind, and that have made it clearer that we are medicating too early, that we are diagnosing too early. Um, and if you are struggling with a child with ADHD, uh, or that you you know you're pretty sure has these behaviors, um, I I wish I could tell you that there was a quick fix. <laughs> Um, but what I can tell you instead of that, because there really isn't a quick fix, what I can tell you instead of that is um, that there is a lot of hope and uh, a lot of good things can can happen, um, whatever diagnosis that your child has or or doesn't have. And okay, so that's where I want to I want to go into the break now, and I want to take you in with with some hope, right? Okay, <laughs> and I want you to hang in there because we're going to dive into this a lot more in you know after the break. We're we're going to talk about um, the five things that you can do uh, when you're thinking about ADHD and your young child. Okay, so stay tuned.
welcome to The Break for episode 299. This show is a special one because it's all about what happens when we Google ADHD or normal behavior. And um, I I wanted to give you a sense in this one of like why you shouldn't do that. And, and um, so I hope that you are... Uh, getting something out of this episode. I know that after the break, that's when we really get into like the five things that you could do if you, if you uh, are seeing some of these behaviors in your child. So hang on for that. Or if you want to, you know what, scan right past the break and come back to it later. We'll be here. <laughs> um, I I love how people use the breaks and use the show. Like, so sometimes a break is actually a pre-show if I've got a guest interview or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and some good and important things go on in the break. But um, sometimes if you just want to get to that, what's on the other side, then then go ahead and do it and then come back a little later. Uh, and then some people I've heard listen to the breaks or the um, the pre-shows before they listen to the episode. And um, I, I think it's really cool how you can do, how you can use this, whatever you want. I love a book, for example, that says, when you when you go to the section that says how to use this book and it says you know, you can scroll around, you can start at the beginning, you can start at the very end, you can do whatever you need to do. That's really how I feel. I want this show to work. You should be able to do whatever you need to do to get the information that you need. So, okay. Uh, With all that, as a beginning, we will get into the break. So this week's Magic Words for Parents, I do these every single Monday in the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, which the link for that is right in the show notes. Um, and so yesterday's, if you're listening in real time, what I called it magic pills and quick fixes. And um, it's a mindset one. And uh, I get into in it like the the idea that we wish there was a quick fix and and uh, kind of how to frame that for yourself. So so go ahead and, and join the Facebook group. And if you're there already, then you can just go and watch it. But you can watch this and all the back episodes because they're all in there. <laughs> I've been doing Magic Words for Parents now for like 18 months, I think. So, um, you know, that's a lot of those every week. Uh, the parenting news this week, I'm so excited to bring you this, is another TED Talk. I've been on a TED Talk kind of, uh, kind of, uh, what's that called when you have, when you want to do it again and again, like not series, but like, um, I've been on a Ted talk run, I guess I can't think of the right word, but I, uh, this time when I Googled, I Googled parent or positivity parenting, Ted talk, something like that. And one that came up that I absolutely adore is by comedian, Julia Sweeney, who used to be on Saturday night live. And she was just amazing. And, um, first of all, it was so cool to see her in a TED Talk. I was like, I loved that. That, But she called it, or the TED Talk itself is called, It's Time for the Talk. And so you might want to listen away from your kids or watch away from your kids um, because it is about reproduction. And I just, I thought it was so beautiful because it's Julia Sweeney talking about when her eight-year-old brought up uh, how frogs reproduce, which they'd been learning about in school. And Julia just goes off on this, um, this whole, it's a whole story about like how they, how, you know, Julia and her daughter kind of go from frogs to like cats <laughs> to people <laughs> and how they reproduce and, and just some of the, some of the conversation around that. So again, if you, I don't know if you're thinking about the birds and the bees and how to share with your children about that. Um, it might be good for that as well. Mm. But um, even if you just want to lift uh, for yourself, that I think that would be a really, really good one, which is why I'm featuring it in the parenting news today. Okay. Uh, each week, 
in the email news group that I that I have, um, I send out a weekly newsletter. It's on Wednesdays. And this tomorrow's will be uh, the third actually in what to do when your child is being especially aggressive. So for the for the last three weeks, like if you count this week, <laughs> um, I have done a series on uh, what to do when your child is being aggressive because um, or having excessive temper tantrums. I, I outlined three ways that you can help and also feel better. And uh, so this is the third of those. And if you're listening to this in real time and you want to get that delivered into your inbox tomorrow, Wednesday, you should go to weturnedoutok.com slash weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, and sign up. Um, I do them every Wednesday. The other thing that people really like about them is uh, you you automatically get an email right away into your inbox that says, hey, what's your biggest parenting challenge? Maybe I can help. And um, <clears throat> and I answer those and I answer them all. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I try to share a, a small tool, a podcast episode that has already been on this subject or something where you can get some kind of help. And, and if nothing else, at least some conversation around your, your situation and a hug. Um, and, um, it's just been really, really nice to connect with you that way. I love that. And, uh, I would love it if you would do it too. And then you can also get the, uh, these emails every single Wednesday in the weekly newsletter kind of world. And as, as I said, this week's is, uh, about what to do when your child is being especially aggressive. So, um, so sign up for that. And thank you so much for all of your emails, all of your social media kind of shout outs. Um, they mean so much to me. Uh, it just, it just makes me really smile. Um, it's nice to get that kind of, um, you know, little, little nudge that you're doing the, that you're going in the right direction, I guess I will say. And so thank you so much for sharing about the show. Um, either, either emailing me or sharing it with a, with a friend or, um, shouting us out somewhere. I'm at, we turned out okay in both, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, um, that's a fun place to get to know you. So, so, uh, thanks for sharing about the show. Thank you for subscribing. Um, when you do that, you never miss an episode. And also you get to do that happy dance that we do when a podcast that we love shows up in our feed. Um, and thank you also for your positive reviews. Again, they mean so much. They help keep me going. That is literally, literally the truth. <laughs> and, um, finally I want to get into, I'm so excited because we are about to talk about our sponsor, who is the amazing Janine Halloran, who's created a product that um, a lot of I'm hearing from you now and a lot of people are really loving this. Um, today, we're starting uh, a series where you get to listen to Janine. Like we're going to have an actual word from Janine um, and that's coming up really soon. Uh, first, before we do that, before we get to that though, I just want to uh, tell you that while sponsorship pays for the production, the editing, and the hosting of this show, my time in creating the show is brought to you by the members of the Ninja Parenting community. And those numbers have swelled uh, quite a bit in the last uh, few weeks. And, and I'm so, so thrilled. Um, if you just joined, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, make sure you get in, you get into the Ninja Parenting community, get into the forums and, um, and see what's going on in there. And if you haven't yet, and you're having trouble, then then email me and I will help you. <laughs> I will help you get in there. Um, I, I guess I want to, I just want to talk a little bit about the ninja parenting community 
um, and what what it can do for you. So I teach ninja parents how to get good behavior from their children, because as we know, children's behavior is not always good. <laughs> how to t- how to handle the toughest parenting struggles. And I mean, we deal with things, we deal with everything from like car accidents to introducing your, your child to a new parenting partner to um, when a, a, a beloved pet, you know, dies or when somebody loses a favorite comfort object. I mean, uh, and also the tantrums and 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 the uh, the aggression and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that can come up with kids, and if you're dealing with any of it, um, I I want you to consider joining. The community works because it's all online, so there's help 24 seven wherever you live in whatever your time zone. It's personalized to you, so you can always get help with whatever part of raising children is most challenging for you at the moment. And it's always growing because our members share their challenges and struggles. And I create help with personalized videos, worksheets, and other cool offerings. And and it's so much fun in there. I think there's a real positive energy in there. And that is another reason that that it works. So learn more and uh, become a member by going to weturnedoutok.com slash join NPC. All right. And now for the first time, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> So I am here with our sponsor, Janine Halloran, and she, as you know, has created these amazing cue card decks of coping skills. And uh, and Janine, can you just tell me one reason why you think uh, the listener would need these cards? I think one of the best things about these cards is that it's a visual instead of having to try and talk to your kid and use words in when they're having a hard time to actually be able to just point to a card makes it so much easier or have them even go and look at a card. It takes that sort of you have to tell them to use a coping skill out of the equation and they can just go and sort of see it and pick one. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And you are holding one in your hand right now. Yes, I am. So this one says every day find one good thing that happens and draw it or write it down. And this one actually came from my own experience with my own son. So, you know, he was having a hard time just thinking about good things that happened. And so we decided to start keeping sort of like a happiness journal of all the good things that happened and thinking about gratitude. Gratitude is so powerful, even for kids. So that's why I wanted to make sure that people were able to do that. Oh, that's awesome. And which which deck is that from? This is from the Discovery deck. Cool. And there are there are five decks and and almost six decks. Almost six decks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Exciting. Well, in future weeks, uh, you will be able to hear more about other decks. So so listen closely. Thank you so much, Janine. Thank you. I am so thankful to Janine for sponsoring our show. Um, I would hope that uh, in listening to in listening to that segment, you can hear in her voice just her excitement about this and, and, and you'll, you know, understand how much they're helping people. Um, if you want to get a deck of coping skills for kids cue cards, you can go to copingskillsforkids.com slash O-K-A-Y. That's, uh, that's, yes, that's, the <laughs> oh my goodness, to get this far in and then screw it up, right? Um, so it's copingskillsforkids.com slash O-K-A-Y. And I was just about to tell you how to spell OK, but of course I had already done that. That's why I screwed up. You can get 15% off your order with the code over there. It's code O-K-A-Y. Uh, and that is in all capitals. Um, 
And you really, really should because these cards work. You know, they offer tons of strategies that come in handy at home, at school, or wherever you go. You can use them to help your child learn the skills to cope with problems that come up. Um, As a visual reminder to use one of the coping skills, maybe even by placing its card somewhere prominent in your home, on the fridge or someplace like that, uh, as a way to expand your child's toolbox of coping skills. And as conversation starters, because each deck features a couple of extremely adorable characters. And so you can say to your child, what do you think Mona would do right now? And 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 shift up something that might have gone negative into something really positive and extremely good, you know? Um, when you do that, you are not only supporting our show, you're giving your child critical tools for coping with challenging stuff. You're giving them tools that they will be able to use all of their lives. So get 15% off of that with code OKAY at copingskillsforkids.com slash OK. And now on with the show. Okay, we are back from the break. And just as a refresher, I feel like there's so much to kind of unpack here. We're moving beyond is it ADHD or is it normal behavior? And we're moving into because I think we can, well, I hope we can all agree. I've tried to be very persuasive that ADHD for for many preschoolers is normal behavior. (laughs) Um, And actually, you don't even have to just take it from me. You can take it from, um, from, uh, I'm, I'm just scanning an article now called Your Toddler Has ADHD, Should You Medicate? I will link to it in the show notes. It is a New York Times parenting uh, website article, and it's just, they're so amazing over there. Um, so the reason I wanted to get in here into this article is because I wanted to talk about, uh, I want to get beyond the idea that should you medicate? Uh, maybe we'll, we can talk more about that later. In fact, I, I know that will come up because I've got five uh, five ways for you to deal with, for you to address the potential ADHD situation. Um, and what I'm looking for is a quote in, in this article about uh, kids having ADHD. And I think the one I'm going to settle on is, we're living in a culture where the norms of behavior are becoming much more circumscribed. And that is from Dr. Michael Manos, who leads the Cleveland Clinic's Center for Pediatric Behavioral Health. Um, And he also says, and tolerance for children's different behavior is lower. So uh, to me, what that says is, um, well, I guess I'm going to I'm going to bring it back to the first point here. So the first thing I wanted to share, the first way that you can deal with this is to understand it doesn't matter if it's ADHD or normal behavior. So let me just ask you right now, please, please stop Googling. Is it normal behavior or is it ADHD? Um, I'm laughing, but it's a little bit out of, uh, I hope you don't think I'm laughing sort of at you. I'm laughing with you. Like the first thing that we might do is to Google something like this. And what that does is it stokes our fears. Um, if I Googled, I used to, so I have a chronic illness and I used to Google things like symptoms of lupus or, um, like what is, uh, multiple sclerosis, stuff like that. And I mean, the answer was never, ever good. And, and part of the problem is that like, we can, we can be, we can become aware of so many other things that we just don't have or don't need to be aware of. That's one problem. I think the other problem is that, um, that, how can I say this? I don't want to, 
I think, <laughs> no, I can't figure out a good way to say this. So maybe I'll save it for another episode. I'm sorry to sort of dangle something in front of you and then yank it back, but I'm not ready to, I just don't know how to address what I, what I was thinking about addressing. So anyway, we've got a lot more to cover in here. Um, it doesn't matter if it's ADHD or normal behavior. So please, please, please stop Googling. Um, oh, I know what it will. I know a way that I can say it. Basically, I think there's a lot of talk right now about, it's like CBD, right? If you Google CBD oil, what's the first thing that comes up? It is 18,000 websites that are offering CBD for sale. And um, I, I suspect, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that if you Google ADHD, and I don't want you to do this, <laughs> but I bet if you did, there would be a whole lot of advertisements meant to frighten you into buying whatever their product is. So is it supplements? Is it a test? Is it, um, I don't know, the perfect sleep solution to stop your child from getting ADHD? Like who knows? God only knows, right? But um, but the way that the internet is built, <laughs> that, that I don't want that to happen to you that you get scared like that. And so um, so that's that's in a nutshell what I was thinking about. It's normal behavior doesn't matter in, in, in the, especially when they're very young, it doesn't matter. And also, as this doctor says, right, we're living in a culture where the norms of behavior are becoming much more circumscribed and tolerance for children's different behavior is lower. It, it, if we think about people living along a spectrum, it should in theory be fine for, um, for somebody to exhibit symptoms of ADHD. It shouldn't be that big a deal. But we now live in sort of a world where like we feel so shamed and judged all the times. And in fact, the next line in this article is this. Those kinds of criticisms can be tough on already stressed and exhausted parents who are told their preschool age children have ADHD. Um, Compared, this the article goes on to say, compared with school-age kids with ADHD, preschoolers are three times more likely to get expelled from school settings, leaving parents to scramble for childcare. Like we live in this world where, uh, much like potty training, actually, it's almost like a kid isn't allowed to be on their own timetable for um, becoming potty trained. So we we sort of have this like developmental problem where a kid isn't ready to be potty trained yet if they go to school. Um, I, I had, uh, there was a mom in the ninja parenting community who we have, uh, we have, we've seen this through to its successful end, which is the, that her son is now successfully pooping in the potty. But, um, one of my members almost got, her son almost got kicked out of school for, um, for going poops at school. And, um, he just wasn't developmentally ready to go poops on the potty. And like, this is, I feel like this is the same kind of thing. So if your child exhibits these behaviors and the teachers don't know how to address them or deal with them, um, then, then, then you might end up with a child who's expelled from school. And it's devastating for everybody. The child feels in trouble. The parents are scrambling. Um, it, there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety around that. And if you've gone through that, I just so feel for you. I mean, it's it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And other parents actually in the community have gone, have gone through that as well. And, um, and again, we've, we've been very successful with them. So there is hope. I want you to know that. Like, and not just because you join the Ninja Parenting Community, but, but there, there is a way to, to see this through or to, to get through this, um, in which you're all happy. I mean, maybe not deliriously happy, like amusement park happy, but, but content. And, and, um, so when you're feeling, anxious about it. I just want you to kind of take a deep breath and remember like 
it's it's going to be okay. If nothing else, remember that, okay? Um, so secondly, uh, the second thing I wanted to bring up is I want you to understand that there just is no quick fix, right? Um, there, in, in here, they talk about, there's a section called the medication conundrum in this uh, article at New York, at parenting, at New York, par- blah, New York Times Parenting. Um, it says, given the challenges, medication can be a tempting approach. Overall, 80% of kids with ADHD in the United States are prescribed medication within a year of their diagnosis. These are often stimulants such as Ritalin, Concerta, and Adderall. And um, I I want to say that there's no quick fix um, because uh, they, this article goes on to talk about how this doesn't cure the children of having ADHD. Like, like quite a few of them are still on medication or even see these symptoms into their, into their adult lives. And, um, like it's, it's got to do with the, I think the idea of a quick fix is very tempting, but, um, one thing to think about is the potential side effects that may happen. And I just, like, I, I just think that medication isn't always the answer. Um, I think that that we need to think carefully before we think, I just want this to stop. And and I don't, I, like I say that, and it sounds so damn judgmentally, right? But I don't mean that. Um, I think what I, what I, I don't, gosh, this is hard to say. <laughs> I want you to know that um, whether you decide to do medication or not, I, I want to be a support for you. Um, and I think that I I am worried about medication because of some things that I've seen in, in my life. I know a lot of people whose kids are on medication now. And, um, and when I think about side effects, when I think about uh, some other issues like, like, that a child who's being medicated for this, especially early might become dependent on that, like psychologically, like they might think I can never be responsible for myself unless I'm on medicine. And that is a, that's a frightening thing. I mean, I, we, we want our kids to, to know in their hearts that, um, that their thoughts and their, their ideas are important and, and that they should honor their, they should honor those. You know what I mean? And maybe when they're young, that's really hard to explain to a three or a four-year-old. But when they're eight, nine, 10, 11, um, they are thinking about those big ideas, whether we know it or not. And they're even thinking about them when, when we're younger. I've actually got a show planned for later in the year about big ideas when little kids have big ideas. And I'm excited about that one. I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, so there, there's just, there's no quick fix because even if a child goes on medication, there's still could be, we could, we could start to see other issues and, and, um, and that I feel like there might be some long-term implications. So before you decide to try medicine, um, just, I want you to just know and be aware of the, uh, the potential issues. Okay. Um, that, I hope that makes sense. And I hope you're not like throwing your phone across your car or something because, um, I wish that there was, I just wish there was, but there isn't, you know what I mean? So, okay. So that's the second one. The third one is, uh, look at what is right in front of you instead of feeling anxious about the future. And actually the, the, uh, ninja parent who wrote this post, she literally said those words in her post. I am going to look at what is right in front of me and deal with that. Um, because a lot of our, 
a lot of the the problems happen because we're just so worried about we're like forecasting into the future and what we see isn't the three-year-old in front of us who is impulsive as many most three-year-olds are but instead we see an adult who you know pushes everybody out of their way or or does rash and awful things and as a result doesn't have any friends you know can't can't get along in life can't hold a job that kind of stuff like we sort of telescope these incredibly negative things and um and that's not helpful. It's just not, it's not helpful. Uh, and believe me, I had to learn this the hard way too. So you're not alone there. Um, but to look at what is right in front of us and deal with this behavior now in a positive discipline kind of way, rather than, um, rather than, you know, becoming anxious about the future. That's, that's number three. Uh, the fourth one is I want, I want to think about sort of the idealized child versus your actual child. So one of the things that this, this ninja parent says is, um, uh, it's so hard to see the stuff other kids can do that he just can't. And so I guess I would, I would, there's a couple of thoughts I have on this. So first of all, um, every child is good at something, You know, um, and every child and probably every parent also feels uh, insecure about their child and the and the the abilities that they don't have or, you know, the things that they worry about, like, um, you know, and and how that what will what will that mean for their for their life going forward. But instead of so those those things are there, right? There are definitely kids who are going to be much, much better piano players than our kid or or better soccer players or uh, first to read or something like that. and I don't mean to be disparaging about that. I hope that's not what you're hearing in my voice. I I had all of those thoughts. <laughs> um, and and what I found is that yes, they're there, but they're not helpful. And and um, something that I've found helpful is to look at this actual child. What what can they do? So when I uh, I mentioned my chronic illness before. When my, uh, when my thumb tendons went, cause it's a tendon disorder. And what happens is my, my tendons develop scar tissue kind of quickly, actually really quickly. And then it has to be like, uh, it has to be dealt with and, and it's just not fun. It's incredibly painful. It's very not fun. Um, but, and so what happened for me was I wasn't able to do any of the things that like a normal stay at home parent does. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't uh, write things. I couldn't even make lists. I mean, with my hands, like I had to, I could barely take care of myself um, in terms of like hygiene and stuff. It was miserable. And one day a friend said to me, um, okay, well, all that stuff is off the table for you, but you've got time. What can you do? And the reason she said that, I mean, the, the, one of the, one of the final results of her saying that to me is this show, which we are almost 300 episodes into because, because it opened up a whole new line of thinking for me that was positive. Like I was no longer just feeling like this person who was just stuck in a chair, unable to uh, do anything. And, um, and it, it did, it opened up a lot of uh, positive, positive avenues. Um, not the least of which is the show. It also showed my kids that like, even if you are differently abled, you can still live a, a great life and be happy and, and enjoy good relationships. And luckily it's with those kids that I get to have that good relationship and my husband, you know? Um, so, 
So when you're thinking about like there's this idealized child, I'm going to ask you to kind of let that go. Your child isn't going to do everything perfectly and beautifully just like everybody else. Um, And I mean that both ways, just like everybody else isn't doing that, but just like you think everybody else is doing that. <laughs> um, and and who is this kid sitting right in front of you? You know what I mean? What are they interested in? What are they good at? What do you guys giggle together and do? Um, you know, just listening and, and, and watching, observing that child and finding out, um, you know, what their interests are, and then kind of expanding on them or, or talking about them or something like that. Um, I think is the best thing that you can do. And that leads us to the fifth one, which is don't focus on the negatives because they are all you will see. Uh, We are very good at finding negatives, aren't we? (laughs) Us parents. Um, But if we can focus on the positive, we're going to be much happier. The positives are there too. And there's a lot of it, but you have to look for it. And um, the last thing I just want to leave you with is this idea. So this has been a really hard, uh, month for me, uh, personally, like in my personal life. So that scar tissue I mentioned before, I have now got it. Um, I've been dealing with it for probably six or eight months in, uh, right, uh, on my driver's side leg where my hip meets, uh, my hamstring. So I will leave you to see where that is on a human body. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's been super, super, super frustrating. And it's meant that I can't do all the driving that I was signed up to do this fall. And um, it's been really kind of hard to work through. And there are, um, there's, uh, you know how I'm sure you've heard of that, like an angel on one shoulder telling you something and a devil on the other shoulder telling you something else. And uh, Ben and I, my husband and I were in the park um, recently I guess it was probably oh maybe a month ago, end of August, early September. And I guess it was probably earlier mid-September because we'd already the the problems had already been hitting the fan. And um I felt like all I was hearing was the devils. Like all I was hearing was, here's this thing you can't do. Oh, here's this other thing you can't do. Oh wow, your family, you're really letting them down. This is your fault. And I was hearing all of these things and um and it was awful. And, and Ben said something really interesting. He said, you know, I don't think, I don't think that of it as an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder. I don't, he says, I don't think the angels are like that. Like the angels don't talk to you, you know, in the same way that the devil does. He goes, I think that there's devils on all your shoulders and like, you've got to deal with that. And from that kind of came this idea that like the angels don't speak. So you have to look for them. <laughs> They're there. And, um, in the weeks following that, this comes up for me like again and again. I can't, honestly, I can't remember if I've even talked about it on the show or not. I know I've talked about it in uh, in some other formats and some other places, but, um, but like we we have to look for the angels and, it, you know, call it whatever you want. I think of angel versus balloon popper. So if you're a non-religious person, um, it doesn't have to be like an angel with wings, you know, that, that comes from heaven. It can be a good force in your life. It doesn't have to be a devil that's from hell. You know, it, it can be a, a negative force. You can think of that as a negative force in your life. Um, however that makes sense to you, that's, that's how I want you to think of it. Uh, but to me, an angel is, is just a, a, a nudge 
in the right direction, something, a signpost that tells you you're doing the right thing. You are loved. (laughs) You're worthy. I mean, like, that's what they mean to me. And um, I'm thinking of one specific day that I, after we had figured out a way to get, you know, to a way for me to drive less, but still have people be where they needed to be. Um, I was, I had just dropped off my son uh, at a carpool or, you know, so that he could be taken in further um, to school. And I was on my way back and I was stuck at this stoplight, which uh, stoplights are especially difficult because that scar tissue is just activated because you just have to keep your foot on the brake. And while I was worrying about, am I spending too much time? Am I going to feel pain? Blah, blah, blah. I looked to my left and I saw the most incredibly beautiful, gigantic tree. Um, I don't think three people could get their arms around this tree like, you know, and have them touch, uh, have your hands touch. Um, It had this canopy that was just like elegant and amazing. And I can't, I mean, this tree must be 400 years old. I don't even, I don't even know what kind of tree it is, but it just, it spread out like a giant hug. Um, And, and, you know, the thing is like it had, you could tell that it had been, it had had struggles, right? There were places where limbs had been cut off and, um, and, it was in the middle of a kind of not a city block, but like uh, it was in, it was a downtown kind of it's in the middle of a downtown area. So it's bricked into a courtyard and um, you can tell it's being lovingly cared for, but it's not like in a forest or anything. It's it's kind of on its own and it is just thriving now and it's beautiful. And I literally looked at it and I said to myself, oh, my God, that's an angel. <laughs> and I realized that angel was put there. I had never, I've been past this tree hundreds of times and I've never noticed it before. And I feel like it was there on that day to help me understand you're going in the right direction and you are loved and you are worthy. And um, I want you to know that about you. You're going in the right direction. You are loved and you are worthy. And I really hope that as you go out into your day today um, and into your week, you know, and into your month and your year, that there are other, you find other angels um, to give you those kinds of nudges and to help you understand that you are, you are all those good things. And, um, and because of that, good things will come to you. Good things are here for you. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, that's how I want to finish it up. So, so those five, uh, those five ways to deal with ADHD, First of all, it doesn't matter if it's ADHD or normal behavior. Think about that. Stop Googling it and focus on the second thing, which is that there is no quick fix. It's, it's you know, it, it is our child. And um, even if even if medicine will will take the symptoms away for a little while, there's, there's a deeper thing there. Plus, we got to think about, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, side um, effects. Uh, the third thing is I want you to see what's right in front of you instead of feeling anxious about the future. The fourth thing is... Um, you have an actual child in front of you that's different from an idealized child. And if we can see that child, instead of wishing we had a a different kind of child, um, we will see some amazing things. (laughs) We really will. And then fifth, um, focus on the positive because they are there. Focus on those angels. They're there for you. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for listening. I am so glad that you have had me in your ears today. It means so much to me. And I've got a special thank you today to our producer, the man who has helped me so much working through, like I remember when our kids were young and there was this kind of jargon that came up about symptoms and, and, and different, you know, the word affect would come up a lot. And, um, 
and some of the other scary words that come up when you have it to like, uh, what's it called? An ed plan, an education plan, um, that kind of stuff. And I'm just so grateful because our producer is the man who helped me through all of that. We really operated as a team there to get our kids what they needed. Um, and I'm so grateful to him for that and so much else. He is the 22-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will see you next time. for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Derp, 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 derp,